Well, good morning. It's great to see you guys here today. Who's excited to be here? Hey, not bad for the 9 a.m. service. You guys are alive and awake. What a great set this morning and and time of worship. I I thought it would be helpful for us today to kind of pause and and reflect and remember the reason why we're here, what God is doing uh, at FC and and really what God has been doing in the last six months, uh, despite the fact that we've been going through a a global pandemic. And so today I, I wanna remind you who we are as a church and really what we're trying to do as a church. So I, I know we've got a lot of new people here and, and a lot of folks that are watching online for the first time. And so a, a lot of folks are kind of uh, new to FC. And so I wanted to spend some time to actually highlight some things and, 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 and really to realign us and get us focused on what it is we're doing despite some of the adversity that we're facing uh, in our culture. So first, let me start by highlighting several things that, that God has done. And so I want us to celebrate and remember what God is doing despite everything that is happening. You saw some great stats here uh, on the video, but one of the things that God has been doing that, that is, blows my mind is that des- despite there was a stay-at-home order, despite there was you know, so much fear around uh, COVID, we still had eight people come forward giving their life to Christ and, and actually got baptized during the stay-at-home order in pools and I think one was in a lake, uh, kind of all over the community. So Let's celebrate those eight people. Um, Man, I thought that was just uh, very bold in that season. In fact, we baptized 25 uh, people in in, in this year, just in the last six months. So uh, to me, that is evidence of God's hand working, people coming to know Christ and uh, stepping forward even today uh, following the Lord in baptism. So again, can we just praise God for the fact that he is working here? People are coming to know Christ. We're seeing people get baptized, that's amazing. Uh, during the stay at home order, we, we did a virtual base camp, a virtual camp too, we did it twice actually. So despite the stay at home order, we were still connecting people uh, into the journey. We've seen 83 new partners uh, this year so far, so that's exciting as well. Uh, for the first time ever, we usually take a break in the summer uh, for small groups, but this year because of kind of uh, the displacement and not seeing each other and being uh, in person, we decided to do summer groups. And so uh, we had over 60 groups meeting this summer. And man, that represents hundreds of people staying connected in relationships. So I'm super encouraged uh, by that. Um, some, something that is kind of behind the scenes, not everyone kind of sees is our orphan care ministry. And so this is a ministry that focuses on those who are uh, fostering and, and those who are adopting. And, and uh, through this season, we've, we've been able to give gift cards to some of those fostering families and, and uh, able to give them uh, resources when they do foster a child. And we gather them, feed them kind of a, a group so that they can uh, just encourage and love on each other. And that's been happening this year and uh, super incredible things God is doing. Uh, through that ministry. Uh, Yeah, we collected almost 8,000 pounds of food as a church together and donated to Second Harvest, which I thought uh, was uh, really incredible. Uh, One of the things we did was as a church, uh, our volunteers uh, put together uh, lunch and and, uh, took it over to 
every fireman and every fire station in Blount County, uh, Alcoa, Maryville, and, and prayed with uh, those guys and ladies just to encourage and put a smile on their face during what we all know has been a very stressful uh, season. Uh, we also took uh, food and, and uh, snacks and, and just things to encourage people to Blunt Memorial Hospital and, and uh, just to love and pray with them and did the same thing at UT in every single break room on the campus of, of that hospital, which is a lot, by the way. And our volunteers took food and, and just loved on them just to, again, share and show the love of God. Uh, for teachers locally, we know this has been a, a challenging time. And so to, to really I, uh, help and encourage some teachers at Alcoa Intermediate School, we, uh, we, we had volunteers write handwritten notes of encouragement and prayers and, and then also gave them gift cards just to, again, show God's love, encourage them in a time, in a season of uh, many, many challenges. Uh, Maryville College has uh, some international students and uh, we've got a ministry that connects with them and, and loves on them. And when this uh, stay at home order happened and uh, air, airports were shutting down, uh, th there were many that couldn't get home and so they were stuck here. And so we've got a group of folks that minister to them and help feed them and uh, give them some kitchen equipment that they uh, needed to kind of uh, help and, and, and encourage them. So let me just remind you, you don't have to get in an airplane and go overseas to minister to the nation. Sometimes all you have to do is get in the car and drive down the road. Um, our worship and production team has been doing an incredible job during this season. I mean, really overnight, we, we, we transitioned to an online campus, uh, almost without fail, without any flaws at all. And so we were all able to watch from home and stay connected with worship and teaching and, and uh, just blown away by just the phenomenal team that, that we have. And uh, also our Next Generation team just did a phenomenal uh, job because they were creating with, with the production team online content so that as families, you could still, I mean, imagine when you can't come to church, your kids don't get the, the, the kids' environments. They don't get you know, the, the small group leaders, they don't get the lessons, they don't get to have all that fun and, 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 and feel that, that uh, love from, from God's people. And, and so that online content really helped us through that season. In fact, uh, it's still online. If, if uh, those of you are still watching online, you can, you can download that and watch that. Help your kids, uh, help your students as well. It's been super, super blessed. Uh, by our next gen team. And uh, our student ministry actually started back a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I think three weeks ago, and students are coming and, and uh, trying to do it as safe as possible. But what's incredible is that just in the last three weeks, 11 students have, have committed their life to Jesus. Church, can we celebrate that today? 11 students just in three weeks. Now you gotta remember, um, in the spring when the student ministry went online only, Zero kids or students came to know Christ that we know of. And so just in three weeks, being in person, folks, there's power being in person. It's just different. And so I think evidence of that uh, is seen in our student ministry. So I'm just blown away by our awesome team. I'm blown away by what God continues to do through and in our church, through you, through your giving, through your ministries, through your service, and, and uh, just proud to be a part of this team. So what's coming up in the future? Well, you guys know the renovation is uh, about to uh, happen. And so we're still in preparations for that, but uh, the renovations are gonna give us 
five, I think, baby rooms and family viewing room. There's gonna be space for three-year-olds and four-year-olds with small group space and large group space that, that's gonna be secure and safe and awesome for our kids while we are in here worshiping in a, in a distraction-free environment. Adults can hear the gospel while kids in their own environments are able to grow and learn and, and uh, hear the gospel and have adult leaders in their life. So we're pumped about that. And on the second floor, there's gonna be larger group space for base camps and camp two and camp three and staff offices. And uh, we're gonna talk more about that in the days ahead, but uh, that is on the horizon. Uh, as far as sermon series, uh, next Sunday, you just saw a little teaser for the series on Ruth. Uh, if you've never read uh, the book of Ruth, it's gonna bless you. It's, it's just an awesome, uh, incredible story of suffering and pain and, and, and God's triumphant victory in our life. And so it's gonna be a, a really encouraging season and, and uh, sermon series. And then we're gonna do a series called Citizen. And so um, we, we need to be reminded as we walk into the election season uh, that we as followers of Christ, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And so what that means is, is, is it looks a little bit different. And we live in a country, in a free country, which is amazing, a democracy, which is amazing. And we have freedom and rights to be able to influence government in ways that other countries couldn't even dream of. And so what does that look like as a, a Christian? And so we're gonna talk about um, a lot of things that are important, I think, as we step in as Christians into um, the voting booth. And so what does that look like? And, and uh, what, what are those important topics that we all need to be mindful of from a biblical uh, standpoint? So it's not gonna be controversial at all, not at all. Uh, I can't wait for that one though. Then we're gonna do a series called Make It Count. And so we wanna focus on the idea of how can we make our life really matter? And uh, so we'll talk more about uh, what that looks like in the coming days. I'm excited about that. That leads us to our vision offering uh, for the 2020 vision offering. We do that every year. And it's that one time over and above gift that we ask everybody to give. And, and that goes towards the, the vision of uh, all the different things that we'll be talking about that includes the renovation and uh, property next door and a second location. And, and so I'm excited about that. We did take a huge step uh, towards that uh, by hiring Pastor Greg Gibson. So he's gonna be creating uh, with our team the, the strategy to uh, create that second campus and, or that second location. And so the, the mentality for that, and we're, we'll dive into it, just, just know that we're about a year and a half away from actually doing that. So we've got a lot of time, but essentially what it means is we'll be one church in two locations. So Foothill Church is one church, but there'll be one location meeting in Maryville and one location meeting in Knoxville. And so that allows us to, to connect more people to the gospel. And our hope is that it would be in a, a close vicinity to the UT campus. Uh, we really have a heart to see those students, so many thousands of students down there uh, connect to the gospel. And, and then, then, then also, you know, when we came to Maryville, it wasn't because Maryville didn't have enough churches. I mean, there are churches everywhere in this city, right? Uh, but our mentality was, God was calling us to be a different kind of church. Uh, and, and so that same philosophy, that same mentality is what we wanna take to Knoxville, that we're not trying to be the best church and we're not trying to be, you know, re replace what's there. What we're trying to do is to be something different in an area where, where we feel 
God leading us to go. And so um, it doesn't mean that I am leaving. Uh, some people have asked me that. No, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, we'll be doing video teaching to that location. Sure, I might go there some, but um, uh, the majority of the time is, is gonna uh, continue to be here and broadcasting to that location. So I'm super excited about that. You can see that as we renovate, second location, continuing to grow as a church, uh, battling and dealing with uh, this uh, pandemic. It's, it's a bold vision. It's a big vision. And uh, we need each other to make this kind of impact in East Tennessee. So the question though is, uh, do we really have a plan to actually do this? How are we gonna do it? And is it actually going uh, to work? And so that's a question that I want us to wrestle with today. Uh, you know, my entire life, if you know me, you know I've played basketball and still tried to do that from time to time, not very well. Um, but uh, I, I, I love to play and, and there were many times in my life where I was actually coaching basketball. And one, uh, for a couple of years, I was a JV basketball coach and I was an assistant to a varsity uh, coach. And so we, we, I loved it. But one thing about coaching is that it is way different um, than actually playing. Right. Coaching is, is a different, different skill, completely different than actually playing. And, and uh, to represent that, like I would, I would call a timeout and I get the guys over and I would say, all right, guys, here's the play that we're going to run after this timeout. Right. You know, Jimmy, you're going to throw the ball in and, and Matt, you're, you're going to go and set a down screen for John and John, you're going to come up, you're going to catch the, the ball. And then and then Bill, you're going to go. I don't know who Bill is, but Bill, you're going to set the back screen for Jimmy as he throws the ball and we're going to get a layup. Right. This is going to be this is going to be our play. And so we go. All right. Ready. All, all hands in team on three. One, two, three team. Everybody walks out and. Um, you know, instead of Jimmy throwing the ball in, you know, Sam gets out of bounds to throw the ball in. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? No, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. And instead of a, a down screen, so they, they run away from the screen. And, 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 and instead of getting a backdoor cut, back screen, and, and getting a layup, we, we end up getting a turnover. And you're thinking as a coach, what in the world is happening? Like, that's not what I just asked you to do. Any coaches in the room want to say amen to that pain? Anybody at all? <laughs> I mean, it happens all the time in, in, when you're coaching young players especially. And so the problem is you've got a good plan, but the players don't execute the plan, right? That's the issue. And, and, and as a result of that, a lot of people you know, get frustrated because typically we have the, you know, a good plan. It's, it's a decent, solid plan uh, to accomplish whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. You know, uh, we, we know what we want to do and, and uh, we kind of see what, where we need to go and we kind of see what needs to happen. And so the problem though is that most of us, you know, from experience uh, at work and at home and just in business and, and yeah, even in church in our spiritual life, the, the failure is not in the plan. The failure is in the execution of the plan. And that's one of the most important things we can do as leaders. Uh, leaders of your home, leaders of your business, leaders in ministry, um, is to actually bring clarity around what it is that we're doing and, and bringing clarity to why we are actually doing it. And, and when, we can, when we can give that clarity to our people, to our family, then it, it helps us become more aligned and focused and actually execute the plan that we have on paper. And so uh, that's what I wanna talk about for the rest of our time today. As a church, it's important, it's essential. The Bible calls us to be united. 
Right? That means that we are aligned towards the same vision, the same mission that God has outlined for this church according to his word. And so some questions I wanna wrestle with today. Uh, why do we exist? What are we actually doing as a church? How do we do it? And why do we need to keep going? That's essentially what I wanna talk about today. So um, hopefully this is helpful. The first question is, why do we exist? Why do we exist as a church? Why are you here? Why, why go to church? Why partner with a church, become a member of a church? Uh, why do we exist? And the answer to this question is really answered by what the, the scripture teaches us as the mission of God's church. Jesus clearly teaches us what the mission of the church is in Matthew 28. Uh, it has never changed. It will never change. Like before Jesus returns, the mission of God's church is the same. And it's true for every church, whether they realize it, accomplish it or not. This is why we are here. Here's what Jesus says, Matthew 28. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them everything I have commanded you. And he promises us in the next verse that he will be with us always. So the mission is clear, make disciples. Um, the point of the gospel message is that you and I would first and foremost share this message of hope that Christ died for sins, he was buried and he rose from the grave. And if you commit your life to him, he'll forgive you of your sins and he will give you eternal life. He'll give you life to the fullest in this uh, lifetime. Right? That's the hope of the gospel. That's the mission. So that's pretty easy. That's the mission of God's church. So the second question though, we've got to answer is, what are we going to do about it? Like how is Foothills Church going to make disciples of all nations and baptize people and teach them how to obey all the commands of Jesus? That's a heavy task. Like what are we going to do? And when we answer this question, we get to that one sentence that you hear all the time. Right, But it's not just a cool statement we like to say or, or put on a picture or put on our website. This is a statement that we truly believe in. And when we answer, what are we gonna do? We answer that with our vision statement. This is who we are. This is what we're trying to accomplish. And that is, we exist to develop mature disciples of Christ in relational environments. So the vision is how we specifically accomplish this mission in our context. This is how we as a church are trying to be faithful to God's plan to make disciples. Now, it's hard to know exactly where to focus all your effort and resources without being able to articulate what you're actually trying to do as a church. Right? And so this is what you and I are trying to accomplish here in our church. It's what we're doing. That's why our vision statement is, is so valuable. It is so important. Now we say develop because it's a process. Growing in your faith is sometimes an uphill, downhill, sideways. It's a process and it takes time. It's not an event and it's, it's, it's actually not a program that we run. It's actually a process. So we are developing in many ways, making disciples. We say mature disciples um, because it's not just about getting somebody to pray a prayer and then baptizing them and high-fiving them and have a great life. That's not the goal. That's not the end all. The Bible clearly teaches us uh, that, that God wants us to be mature and complete. 
not lacking anything. And so we're never gonna be perfect, but progress is essential. And so this development gives us that idea. This maturity gives us that focus. And we say in relational environments, why? Well, when you read the Bible, you clearly see that, that Jesus, in fact, uh, ministered to large groups of people. I mean, he, he preached to large groups of people. He, he actually healed in large groups. But then he would, he would go and he would pour into those 12 men, into that small group. And he developed them. He discipled them until they would, would lead his church after his resurrection. And so we see in Acts 2, this is the, the formation of the early church. This is what they did. They met in homes. They met in small groups, right? And so relational environments are key to the success of making disciples. So that's what we're doing. But the next question is also important. How do we do it? <laughs> Sounds great, man. You know, love it. You know, but how are we actually doing that? So how do we actually plan to develop disciples of Christ in relational environments? And we're gonna do that in three statements is kind of how we explain it. We do that by sharing the love of God, connecting to the people of God and equipping for the mission of God. So let me break this down and explain why it's how we do it and why it's so important. First of all, we share the love of God. So if we're gonna share the love of God, um, then every single one of us need to understand that the most important thing that anyone could ever do is help share our life and share the gospel message with someone who is lost, someone who doesn't know who Jesus is. Jesus would tell us, hey, it's great that you love your family, but are you loving your neighbor? Are you loving your coworker? And, and, and all throughout the scripture, we see clearly that God's heart is to leave the 99 to go after the one, right? God's heart is, in fact, the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. So sharing God's love, sharing the gospel, sharing our life is a, a vital part of what it means to actually make disciples. I can't teach you how to do everything that Jesus commanded unless you first and foremost commit your life to Jesus and understand the gospel. Jesus gives us a lot of help with this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter nine. It says that Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. So, in this passage, we're seeing some, some sharing on an epic level. First of all, Jesus is sharing because he's teaching to this large group. He's teaching the gospel. He's teaching what it means to please and worship God. We're seeing that he is sharing by doing acts of kindness because he's, he's healing diseases and, 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 and he's actually helping people and meeting them with real needs that they have. We see that he's sharing by actually showing compassion. His heart was going out to them because he could see that they were lost and he could, he could see that they were hopeless. And he saw them as real people who had real needs and he didn't just focus on his own life. 
And he says, look, there are many people out here. There are many people in the community who are ready to follow me, who wanna commit their life to Christ. And so he says, the reality is we need more workers. The harvest is plentiful. Many people will accept Christ, but the workers, he says, are few. So therefore, it is our goal, it is our role as a church to pray for more workers. And it's clear. He tells us that sharing and, and, and he he, he really models to us that sharing God's love, being willing to share our life, being really to share the gospel, we often call it invest and invite. So we say, hey, invest by sharing your life with someone who doesn't know Christ and, and then and invite them to church so that they can experience you know, the teaching uh, and preaching of the gospel. And so we invest, we invite, this is sharing the love of God. Matter of fact, Ruth is a great series to start inviting people to come as we talk about real issues and real needs that, that many of us have faced. And so sharing the love of God means that we are willing to do exactly what Jesus is modeling to us in this passage. Secondly, we connect to the people of God, right? We connect to the people of God. Here's, here's a, a few scriptures as to why this is so valuable. He says, once you were not a people, but now, <clears throat> but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So the idea here for Jesus is that what, what, what Peter is explaining to us is, is that before knowing Christ, you're not a people. But then once you, you come to know Christ, once you give your life to Christ, now you are a part of God's people. And so when you are part of God's people, you are a part of God's church, right? And so, so we, we are called the body of Christ in, in all throughout scripture. So, so how do we get involved in God's church? How, how do we become a part of the family of God? Well, our, our life is given to Christ and, and the Holy Spirit lives within us. And then we must connect to God's people. How do we do that? Well, we connect by attending. And so we, we come to church, right? We, we're, we're here, we're present. Uh, we, we serve. So God tells us to, to not only just attend, but he calls us to serve. And, and then he calls us to you know, connect in a small group. So connect relationally in a smaller group. We see this all throughout scripture. Now, if, if you're just attending or just watching online and you're not yet serving, we're not gonna you know, bring the, the guilt trip on you. That's not who we are. But we will share and tell you that if you truly want to grow and experience Christ on a deeper level, it will require you to not only serve, but to also connect in a small group. This is where God truly grows us and challenges us and, and, and refines us in ways that we never could experience if we are not serving and if we are not connecting. In Ephesians chapter 14, we see that uh, every single person, a part of God's church, God's body has a part to play. So there, there's ears and there's eyes and there's hands and there's feet, right? And, and everybody has a role to play. Every, every part is important. First Corinthians 12 talks about how each part of the body works together when it does in unity, in alignment. God does amazing things. People come to know Christ. And so this is why it is so important for us to connect to the people of God, to attend, connect in a small group and actually serve. And when you do this, you play your part. Peter, or Jesus says, pray for the, to the Lord of the harvest for more laborers, for more workers. Why? Because when more workers, more laborers come, 
that means that there are more people sharing the gospel and sharing their life with lost people. And it means that there are more people connecting to the people of God, which means there's more service, there's more ministry, there's, there, there are more needs met. And God does incredible, amazing things through our unity. And then finally, we see here that we are, are, are gonna do this by equipping for the mission of God. So as a church, we equip for the mission of God. Now, equipping and, 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 and learn, in other words, learning how to do ministry, uh, growing in Christ and learning how to do ministry well, uh, only happens when, when people wanna grow and they commit to grow. It only happens when people are actually teachable. And if you're, if you're teachable, then you have positioned yourself in order to grow. When people are hungry and they wanna see God and they wanna make Christ the center of their life, God can do some incredible equipping. Here's what uh, Hebrews says in chapter 13. It says, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So this, the spirit of God will equip you, right? So it's God's spirit that equips you. And, and this equipping is done in order that you may do God's will. So every single one of us need to be equipped, right? And so God in his spirit equips us and God and his spirit equip us through his church, right? This happens through the local church. And, and when you are a part of the church, you are positioning yourself in order to get equipped by the spirit of God to do his will. Now, scripturally, my role as a pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what the book of Ephesians says is my job description. And I do that according to Acts 6 by prayer and the ministry of the word. So my role as a pastor uh, is to pray, study, preach, and then lead and cast vision to this church in order to build structure and provide ministries for everyone to be involved in that meets needs, connects the uh, people uh, of this community to God, sharing the love of God with them, right? So how do we do that at FC? Practically speaking, like what, what, what have we created, in other words, that allows us to do that? Well, if you're attending Sunday morning, you're, 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 you're part of it. Uh, if you're engaging online, you're part of it. Why? Because you're, you're under the, the preaching and teaching of God's word, right? You're connecting to uh, the preaching and teaching of God's word in this environment, in this ministry, Foothills Church, that's step one. And then when you serve in some capacity, God will equip you. Right? You've got to get out of your comfort zone and you've got to serve outside of your comfort zone in order to, to, to get in a position where you really need God to step in, Right? And when God steps in, then, then that's when you really feel his presence and his power in your life. And, and you can sense that he in that ministry is fulfilling and equipping you. And then we do what we call the journey. And the journey are the steps that we have created that, that help you get equipped. And so it starts with base camp. And in base camp, you're able to learn in detail the mission of God's church, why it's so important, why we're here as a church and how you can get involved. Step two is camp two. Camp two is all about your design. And that word design is an acronym and it, it dives into your desires, your experiences, your spiritual gifts, your, your personality, your natural talents and, and uh, your spiritual gifts and how all of that makes uh, up your design. And, and we help put you in ministries that, that you are gonna be gifted to serve in. 
And then camp three is all about how to make disciples and how to be a leader. And uh, from there, we have developed the school of ministry, which dives in deep to theology and evangelism and leadership from a biblical perspective. And so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of teaching that goes on in there, but all of that is connected to leadership roles as well. And, and so uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna take a break in the fall from the school of ministry just because of all the craziness that is happening. Our, we're, we're, we're building all of our efforts to launch that again uh, in the next semester in January. We're super excited about that. And so we've got the journey. And then of course, we've got small groups. And when you're in a small group, that adult uh, uh, leader is gonna challenge and encourage you and love on you. And in that environment, you build friendships and, and uh, you talk about the scripture and you talk about issues in your life. And God uses that to equip you. And then of course, we have our family ministry. And our family ministry is designed to partner with parents to disciple your kids. So we're not gonna work you know, against your schedule and against what you're doing. No, we wanna come alongside of you and through our ministries, give you resources and, and adult leaders in your kid's life and in your student's life and put them in environments where they're gonna be able to meet Jesus, where they're gonna be able to grow in Jesus. And, 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 and we're doing this with you, not to replace you, but with you. Scripture tells us that older men are called to teach the younger men and older women are called to teach the younger women. And that's exactly what happens in our student and children's ministry. And so... <clears throat> If you attend, right, you're, you're gonna get equipped. If you're serving, you're gonna get equipped. When you're connecting in a small group, you're going to get equipped. When you're connecting to the journey, uh, you are putting yourself in a place for the Holy Spirit to equip you. But as we are doing this, things have been going great. Our church continues to grow. You know, fantastic. People coming to know Christ. Uh, ministries thriving. And then COVID-19 hits. And it's almost like a, we hit a brick wall. It's almost like, you know, we, 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 we run into these issues and problems and it's like, man, now what do we do? Like, how do we do this in, in this new season? How do we continue to share the love of God, connect to the people of God? And, and, and how do we equip for the mission of God? Do we stop? Do we take a break? Do we slow down? I would say, no, the mission doesn't stop because we run into problems. The mission never stops because we run into problems, right? Um, a, long <clears throat> a long time ago in 1908, Thomas Jefferson had a secret mission. And, and, and the secret mission was that he wanted to map out the Western territories of the US. And he wanted to find what was called the Northwest Passage. And so the Northwest Passage was this idea, nobody knew if it existed or not, uh, but he wanted, to, he wanted to learn and discover if there was a waterway, a river that ran from the Eastern United States uh, all the way to the West Coast, to uh, the Pacific Ocean. And, and uh, so if they could find that and be the first to actually find that, it would position the US in a, an incredible advantage uh, for you know, trade and economic advantage all over the world. And so, so he decided to, to send a team of explorers, really, to go and map out this new territory. And uh, so he hired Meriwether Lewis. <laughs> what a name, right? I feel like I have to say that in a British accent, like Meriwether uh, Lewis. Uh, that was terrible. But he also hired William Clark. And so we famously know them 
as Lewis and Clark. And so they were gonna explore these waterways and they were gonna go west and they were gonna find this Northwest Passage and, and uh, this was their mission. And, and when you think about what they were doing at this time, I mean, these guys had to be the most studly, the most manly men of all time uh, to be able to do this. And there were women on the journey as well. And um, I mean, they, when you think about the, the, the terrain they had to go through, the hostile territory, Indians, and, and uh, where we're gonna eat, how we're gonna live, where we're gonna stay, all this. I mean, this would have been an incredible uh, group of men and women to actually accomplish this. And um, I think about this, you know, they go all the way to Oregon and, and um, they, 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 they reach the Pacific. And I'm, I'm thinking, how many of us in the room today would, would be able to last one week with those dudes. Like, and, and, and like, how many of us could last one week? There's probably a couple in here. I know I couldn't. Uh, back in the day when I was in middle school, I was playing a computer game called the Oregon Trail. And week one, I died of dysentery every single time, right? If you're older like me, how many of you know the Oregon Trail? Anybody in this service? All right, man, I was, I was dysentery, got me every time. Um, so I know I couldn't last a, a week with these guys. Like these, these were incredible people. And as they are heading out West, they, are, uh, they realize that there is no Northwest Passage. There's no Northwest Passage. And they not only realize that there's no Northwest Passage, but they get to a little, uh, you know, uh, a little thing called the Rocky Mountains. And as they're standing there at the foot of the Rocky Mountains, they have a decision to make. It would be easy for them to turn back and to go back, you know, to, to the president and say, hey, listen, Tom, like, look, there is no Northwest Passage. We tried, there's no waterways. So there's like these really huge mountains. We would have had to go through them. And so, you know, we, we, we just decided we didn't find it, doesn't exist. So we just wanted to report back or they could do things differently. They could abandon their boats because up until, you know, they, 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 they make a pretty good distance, you know, on, on, on river, but now they have to go by foot. So they could abandon their boats and say, you know what, despite the adversity that we're about to face, despite that it's winter and it's freezing and despite the snow and despite the Indians and despite uh, all the sickness and despite that we don't know how we're going to eat if we stay here and we, we don't know how to get through. Nobody's ever created a map for this place. Like we don't know how in the world we're actually gonna be able to, to, to do this. They could have said, it's too hard, it's too difficult, too many challenges and, and given up, but they didn't. They didn't, they kept going. They decided to abandon the boats and they decided to trek through the Rocky Mountains. And they were the first on record to actually map out that area they traveled over 8,000 miles. They were able to map the territory, discover all kinds of plants and animals. And yes, they found a passage to the Pacific Ocean. And so the mission doesn't stop because we run into problems, right? The problems are often what cause us to lose our focus and attention. We have problems you know, personally, or we have problems organizationally organizationally at work or, or organizationally in our church. And, and that happens, we run into issues. Sometimes we disagree. As the church grows, things get harder, it's more complicated. We have to park further away and it, we have to give more money to continue to reach and, 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 and allow new people to come. It's, sometimes we have to, oftentimes we have to give up our preferences. And so growth complicates things, but no matter what we face or what we come up against, we have to keep our focus on the main thing. 
as a church, you and I have to stay on the same page, focused and aligned on the vision to make and develop disciples of Jesus Christ. So the last question I wanna wrestle with today is why do we need to keep going? Why do you and I need to keep going, sharing the love of God, connecting to the people of God, equipping for the mission of God? To do that, I wanna, I wanna help illustrate this for a minute. So I need a volunteer. Uh, Ryan, could you help me out, buddy? All right, this is Ryan Reed. Everybody give a hand to Ryan. Ryan, stand up. Let everybody see you, man. So Ryan's been a partner of FC for a long time and uh, serves, but in our illustration today, Ryan, you're gonna represent somebody who's far from God, all right? You're gonna represent somebody who has never given their life to Jesus, all right? So that means, according to the scripture, that if he were to die today, he'd spend an eternity in hell, right? Man, I hate to think about that for you right now, but uh, that's, that's who he is. It probably means his marriage is struggling. Probably means he doesn't have uh, like real purpose in life. It means that there's a lot of frustrations in his life. It means that, you know, he doesn't really, he doesn't really know what's gonna happen to him after death. And so he's confused on all levels of life, right? So that, that, that's who Ryan is, kind of stand in the middle. So if our role, if our mission as a church, right, is to actually make disciples and, and, and first and foremost, to share the love of God, then the most important thing we can do as a church, can you focus in on Ryan here? Let's zoom in, let's, let's see that mug, can, can we? All right, that's you, Ryan. We're focused on you, man, as a church, we love you. And, and we may not know you yet, but our goal, our role, you know, despite some of the challenges that we face as a church, like our goal is, is we, wanna, we wanna connect you to the gospel. But obviously I can't do that by myself. Like I can't do it. Can you help me? Yeah, come here and help me for a minute. What's your name? Owen. All right, this is Owen. Everybody say hey to Owen. Owen, scan right here. Try not to get, I know you wanna be on camera, man, but stand back a little bit so that you're not in the picture. You know why? Because if you get in the way, we can't see, we can't see the, the, the goal, right? We can't see the person that we're trying to reach, right? All right, Lauren, can you help me? All right, this is Lauren. Lauren, you're gonna represent with Owen. Um, and I need one more. Somebody else? All right, come on. What's your name? Corey. Corey. All right, Corey, Lauren, Owen. You're gonna represent Foothills Church, all right? And so we're gonna offer our hands, we're gonna offer our feet, and, and we're gonna serve together to be able to connect the gospel to Ryan, all right? So to do that, we're gonna represent that by making an O, all right? So make an O and, and hold it up into the camera, all right? <clears throat> so do your best to do that right now if you can. You guys are all over the place, right? All right, scoot over here, Owen. There we go. I want you in the picture, right? Okay, everybody hold right there. Perfect. Now, how many of you guys can see clearly Ryan? We can kind of see, he's kind of there. <laughs> here, here's the issue, kind of hold your pose, hold your pose. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to serve in ministry. Sometimes you look a little awkward, <laughs> right? But in ministry, sometimes we allow our preferences to get in the way. They didn't sing my favorite song today. The pastor doesn't visit me enough, right? I don't really wanna serve. I just want you to take care of my kids. I don't wanna give. I need that money for myself. Like, why would I do that? 
And when we do that, it kind of looks like this. The focus on Ryan is, is now gone. And we don't really, we can't really help him at this point because we're too focused on ourselves. So what we need is we need a little alignment, right? And so Owen, boom, right there, man, don't move, all right? It's a, you're, it's a lot of pressure, I know. Lauren, you're great, well done. All right, you're struggling back here. You're, you're preventing us from reaching Ryan. All right, so take a step. I don't want you to, no, like step towards me. I'm not gonna bite you. I don't even know where you're at. There he is. All right, boom, right there. All right, Ryan, smile. You just met Jesus. Hey, give these guys a hand. Thank you. So just a little illustration to help you realize and to see that in order for thousands of people with different backgrounds and different preferences and different ideas and different skills and different ways of doing things, that, that if we can get, get it right, if we can get focused around the vision to make disciples, and if we can together put aside preferences, put aside our agendas, put aside the arguing and the gossiping and the fighting and, and the political junk and, and uh, all the other things that you know, so many churches get themselves involved in and, and takes them off the focus. If we get the following things right, sure, we're gonna stand at the foot of the Rocky Mountains and we're gonna look and we're gonna say, oh my goodness, nobody's ever gone here before. Nobody's ever, nobody's given us a map for this. We don't know how, we don't really know how to do ministry when a global pandemic is going on. There's not a book on that. Didn't learn that in seminary. But together we can decide that we're gonna make the trek. Together we're gonna, we're gonna go. We're, we're, we're gonna face the adversity and the weather and the, and, the, and the trials and all the other issues that we're gonna face. We're gonna do that. And the reason we're gonna do that is because of guys like Ryan. Because he's out there today. He lives in Knoxville, he lives in Maryville, he lives in Alcoa, he lives in Greenback, he lives in Sevierville. And if he were to die today, he'd spend an eternity in hell. And if that wasn't bad enough, his marriage is broken, he doesn't have any real hope in life, he hasn't figured out why he even exists. There's a lot of um, relational tension in his life, he's frustrated and he's trying to find peace and happiness and, 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 and all these material things. And here we are as a church, we have the answers. We have the word of God. And I believe we can do it. I believe we've seen a lot of great things happen, but I don't believe we've seen anything yet as a church. And so I wanna invite you to join us. I wanna invite you to take your next step. I wanna invite those of you who have been here for a while to get refocused and realigned. Some of you got here, you were super excited, you were serving, and then over time, you've fallen off the wagon, so to speak. I wanna call you to get, get back with us. Serve, attend, give, be a part of a group. Allow God to use you and equip you and to do great things in and through you so that guys like Ryan can meet Jesus. You guys wanna do it? Let's do it. Heavenly Father, we believe wholeheartedly as we stand at the foot of the Rocky Mountains 
in so many ways as a church, as a, as a culture, as a country with division so deep within even our own churches, God. That sometimes we don't know how we're gonna do it or what it's gonna look like, but we are trusting and believing that you are a way maker. You're gonna make a way even when we don't see the way. We're gonna trust that even through heartache and pain and struggles that you're working even when we can't see you. Lord, we confess, we believe that you are going to make a way for Foothills Church. And we believe that you're gonna use each and every one of us to do so. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Amen.